Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I have with me a very, very accomplished individual from London, UK, Indiana Gregg. Indy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ash. Uh, Indy is the founder and CEO of We Do. She's a former singer and a songwriter. So, uh, Indy, before we start talking about We Do, tell me a little bit about your journey. Wow, okay. Um, I was born in America, uh, went to school and university there, and moved to Europe around 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out working in digital spaces, developing websites and um, looking uh, after people's digital mm-hmm. uh, digital designs. And uh, I quickly uh, decided entrepreneurship was my route. So mm-hmm. I started a, a, a business importing goods from, from Asia and selling those. Um, I had three small children. Um, and I was really involved in, in music locally. I was living in the south of France. And uh, so I ended up getting uh, a record deal after m- my husband left me. Wow. And I was brokenhearted and mm-hmm. all that. I had three small children. And somehow um, I had this energy of I'm just going to write all these songs. So mm-hmm. I started pitching them and I, I got a record deal and I ended up, um, you know, working in the music industry for a while mm-hmm. and touring and touring with my kids. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a problem uh, that needed to be solved in the music industry. So uh, it was had to do with piracy. So I fought some pirates and I went to the parliament and um, in the UK and ended up having a big fight with the Pirate Bay at the time okay. mm-hmm. and uh, built a platform for the music industry. So wow. it was called Cartoons and we had publishers, writers, um, mm-hmm. artists from all over the world. And we grew that to 14 and a half million users. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and just grew the platform, and then um, later I started a company uh, that was a a beauty company. Mm-hmm. Uh, went back to importing and shifting units again, and mm-hmm. that company's still going. And then now I'm working on a project called We Do, and We Do mm-hmm. is a, a neo banking service for yeah for the gig in a freelance economy. Again, wow. a problem needed to be solved, and we're, mm-hmm. we're solving it. And so it's yeah, exciting. That's so, my dream. <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing journey. And I'll keep coming back to, you know, what you've been doing earlier. But let, let's talk about we do. Um, you said that this is a platform for gig workers, but tell me a little more. And what was your motivation to start it? Well, I took a bit of a sabbatical where I started to help a lot of companies, primarily startups and small businesses. And I was I used Upwork as a platform and um I spent over 2000 hours, uh, just literal hourlies on Upwork and also um, did thousands of hours in, in, you know, building things for other other companies. Mm-hmm. And through that process, I realized there's quite a few problems in the freelance and gig economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that these platforms take a huge chunk of your salary, like 20 percent. Secondly, is they are primarily pay to play. So that's a barrier to entry for a lot of small businesses or solopreneurs. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, that freelancers and SMEs for that matter, piece Mm. together software and they're all over the place. Mm. And 
my first thought was like, I'll, I'll build an app and a prototype for me to use, right? Because I want to streamline this. So what, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. And, it, and then I came to recognize that actually one of the barriers is that the payment processing and the, the banking side of things is almost non-existent. A lot mm-hmm. of freelancers use their own personal accounts and that's mm-hmm. why they spend 52 year, days a year, you know, chasing invoices and, mm-hmm. and all the monotony things that keep you away from doing what you're good at that can be automated. So we started this kind of as a business in a box where you can take a payment in real time, go on a video call, service mm-hmm. either one person or a million, have up to 15 hosts mm-hmm. and instantly take a payment while your client is hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, process it, uh, give them, issue them a debit card and a bank account with an IBAN and a sort mm-hmm. code and whatever they need in their country. And that solution mm-hmm. uh, turns out to be something that a lot of people are looking for globally. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And Amazing. just to remove that barrier where you're paying to play, I think is really important. I think, um, and you know, we're going to be building and we are building tiers into our platform where people mm-hmm. can upgrade to, to more um, resources. But primarily, there's just a gap uh, in the world where a lot of people, they've either lost their job or they're struggling to become a, an entrepreneur themselves. Mm-hmm. And they want to save time, money, and energy, mm-hmm. and they need to get back on the, uh, either on the ladder or transition as a side hustle into what they really want to do with their lives. So um, that's the motivation just to help a lot of people. Absolutely fascinating. So Indy, tell me, you know, your, uh, your tool, your, your uh, app is a social tool for helping people run their own businesses and take ownership of their lives. Um, Absolutely. Help me understand what you do and uh, give me some examples. Okay. Well, one example would be if you're a freelancer uh, developer mm-hmm. and you're onboarding a new client and yeah. you bring them onto the platform, mm-hmm. you invite them to the platform that opens up a chat and a video and audio feed mm-hmm. uh, that you can invite a whole group of people or just do a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hold a conversation, you can record that conversation and mm-hmm. use it for social media, but you can also um, actually serve your client on that conversation. Mm-hmm. So you take them through a set of steps. Here's our contract and you can instantly deliver the contract for the, and talk them through the contract, mm-hmm. talk about your service, and then at the end of the call, of course, if they're converted, you can instantly send them a payment link mm-hmm. and that kicks out an invoice and keeps all of your um, productivity in one space for that client. Mm-hmm. Um, another example would be, let's say you're given a webinar and you're a podcaster and you want to, all the people who you have as listeners, mm-hmm. Ash, mm-hmm. all of your community, you want them to be able to experience this live and, mm-hmm. and be able to ask questions while you're doing the podcast. So you and me, we go on, we do, and mm-hmm. we're having this chat together about business or whatever the topic is. And you notice somebody in the crowd wants to ask a question. You can bring them up on, on stage and mm-hmm. say, hey, what's your question? Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Send them wow. back down mm-hmm. um, and, and then also respond to people in the chat. So it operates similarly to Zoom, but more in a social networking piece. Uh, mm-hmm. when you do that. And you can charge uh, a fee for people to attend an event or mm-hmm. 
can charge a monthly subscription mm -hmm. and you have them all in one place. So you have kind of ownership over your community that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that instant connection and you can keep dripping uh, information. Let's say you have a new podcast out. Hey guys, I know you guys are all listening and, and people can interact with you mm -hmm. in a more uh, intimate space. Okay. And so that's a second use case. And, and that could be for broadcasting just about anything, entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, you know, music, live music, et cetera. And then later you can repurpose that content, mm -hmm. uh, cut it up into snippets, distribute it to other social media networks. Mm -hmm. But the advantage here is that you take a payment, it goes instantly into your account and you have an overview of who paid for that event, how mm -hmm. many free tickets you gave, um, you know, how that worked. And then you can deploy that money anywhere you want to. Fascinating, fascinating. And uh, how has the pandemic impacted this incredible network that you have created? I think for us, the pandemic is, has been a, a, an advantage because more and more people have gotten mm -hmm. used to working from, from home and working online and using video and, and audio right. as a resource for communication. Um, people were meeting face-to-face -face less. For our application, pandemic or no pandemic, you can use this for live situations Correct. as well mm -hmm. as, you know, online or if it's an offline event, you can mm -hmm. still um, monetize the system mm -hmm. and, and aggregate your your fan base, your people, your customers, mm -hmm. whatever you're buying, selling, doing uh, through the platform. Uh, and yeah, for for, for me, on a personal level, like what my motivation or the why behind that is, is during times of hardship, people mm. need access. Correct. And the more you create access and opportunity for more and more people, the more great energy is going to come from that. We're going to get mm. more wonderful startups and more mm. genius in the world and more innovation. And, and, you know, one of our one of our main targets, like where we would like to, um, you know, move into and where we're actively seeking uh, to move into is India, Latam, and Africa. Okay. Um, 1.3 billion people, something like that, I think that IMF announced are bankless mm -hmm. in some of these regions. Wow. So it's very, um, it's very important to put uh, entrepreneurship into the hands of the people who need it most. Amazing. And that's where we're coming from. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Amazing. It's an amazing concept. I'm going to certainly go and check it out now, now that I've spoken to you. But now, uh, Indy, let's now move to your other uh, passion, which is to support startups. And uh, you are on your fifth startup. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your journey as a startup entrepreneur, and then we'll ask you some more questions. Yeah, well, I think being a startup founder is a learning curve. It's mm. uh, you get you have the good, the bad, the good luck, the ugly, the bad luck, the market shifts, everything. Mm. Um, so I've kind of been. I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I, I kind of chose very early on which path I would take in life, you know, and, and I feel like being an entrepreneur makes you a little bit more in control of your destiny and less at the hands of someone else's mm -hmm. will in a lot of ways. Right. Um, that was my first philosophy. Now I realize that, you know, both trajectories are equally important because, mm. you know, what do you do as a founder? You hire teams, you Correct. bring people on board and you work together. Mm. So as I've grown older, I've progressed on that philosophy on um, how to help startups, how to help businesses and where to fit in. So I've, I've learned a lot over the years. So I have a lot of different skill sets, um, mm. which makes it, makes it 
kind of chameleon like I can move into spaces and move out of spaces yeah um and for me that's really important I think the more founders share the knowledge of the mistakes they've made the more that empowers new new founders and new business absolutely right and based on all your own personal experience and all the people startup founders you support what in your opinion are the important qualities a startup founder should have you need to have grit Mm-hmm. You need to have patience. Yeah. You need to develop your leadership skills mm-hmm. um, and, and, and understand your style of leadership because your mm-hmm. style of leadership may not work with every type of person who works with you. Right. Um, there are some people who like to have an autocratic leader and just do what, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. Mm-hmm. And, but in reality, like, for example, in my leadership style, I, I believe in empowering my leadership team. Mm-hmm. I believe like giving them the power of decision-making, mm-hmm. um, giving them the power to fail or to mess up mm-hmm. as well, because you progress very much more quickly, especially in innovation, if mm-hmm. people fail very quickly and, and learn from that and move to the next idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, transparency and visibility is really important that you mm-hmm. have communication skills across the team so that your team knows what's going on they know what the objectives are the okrs are or the kpis or whichever system you're using mm-hmm. um, and that you're organized and, and focused mm-hmm. i think focus is probably one of the biggest qualities that that you need to have as a founder that you really focus on the objective and don't waste time doing anything else mm, thank you those are some amazing qualities but uh, at the same time startup entrepreneurs make lots of mistakes so i want to know what are some of the basic mistakes startup entrepreneurs make or what are some of the basic reasons startups fail well, to probably spreading themselves too thin and trying to do too much is the biggest one. Um, and as you progress, like there's joy in simplifying things. Yeah. Um, even in technology, your system needs, even if you're trying to tackle a, a whole piece of software like we are, mm-hmm. um, the end result has to be very simple. And mm-hmm. you need to be able to uh, understand it from a, a customer's perspective so that's a big one uh i know a lot of founders who chase shiny objects they just chase the golden apples and it's like keep keep your focus you know Mm -hmm. like they're supposed to be doing maybe they're supposed to be fundraising but they're off doing something else uh, you know to avoid the main issue Mm -hmm. that they need to solve for or they're getting ready to do a launch but then they decide oh i'm going to go you know off to Mm -hmm. hawaii and go to this conference that has nothing to do with their target market. Mm-hmm. Or I think like in manufacturing, one of the bad ones is trying to sell too many products at once instead mm-hmm. of selling one, right? Generate revenue with that one core product and then mm-hmm. build out your, you know, your other products. Yep. Um, yep. I think there's a lot of distractions for people. Focus is really important. So mm-hmm. um, the more you focus and you're clear and you have one clear objective, get that solved for mm-hmm. And then move to the next one. Too many revenue streams. None of them are working. You haven't focused on the one, right? Mm-hmm. The one segment, the one market, the one revenue stream, the one, right? Focus on one thing at a time that, and do it super well, Yeah. right? I know there's more things to focus on for startup founders, yeah. of course, but choose those choose the key points mm. and really get those right because then the rest of your business can expand from that. Well said, well so. said. In, in fact, I've, I've also often said that 
for an entrepreneur, everything they see is an opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So therefore, the objective is how do I expand quite significantly? Yeah, I think it's the quality filter. Mm -hmm. There's lots of opportunities. Which ones are the quality ones that that are really going to expand my network or my business or my team or or whatever? And so, yeah, it's shiny objects. (laughs) Absolutely. My next question to you is, and this has often been asked from me, uh, and I could ask you the same question. Should a startup entrepreneur go solo or should they have a co-founder? Ooh, good question. I think it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. If you have a really great uh, team of people when you start up, essentially they're your co-founding team in a way. Um, there's there's the co-founder and founder dilemma, though. It really depends on how the business started. If mm-hmm. you started it together, you generated the ideas together, you did mm-hmm. most of the base and foundation work mm-hmm. together, you know, uh, then I think you you, you take a co-founder. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're a founder and you've already spent two or three years on this and you're bringing in a team and this is your founding team status, they're mm-hmm. not necessarily co-founders. Uh, and it really that depends on the project and on the level of um, uh, the level of expertise that you have that you brought into the project and 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 personalities as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would be careful with the person that you choose to be a co-founder in a company mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and really get to know them very, very well mm-hmm. uh, prior to making that decision. Yeah. But I think it's it's different strokes for different folks I and there's agree. one right I way. I agree. Depends on the company. <laughs> I agree, absolutely. The next question that is there uh, is on money. Some people say that bootstrap as long as you can and others say raise money as soon as it's available. Mm. I'd love to get your perspective. Gosh, you know, I think that depends as well. So I believe in bootstrapping as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a team of people around you that can get you further and you've agreed, you know, that you're going to give uh, the people who are bootstrapping with you uh, an incentive. So shares in your company uh, and, you know, they have to be like on the same train as you, you know, mm-hmm. level of thought as you. Um, but there's always a time when you probably need or should, uh, raise, raise capital or, or borrow money mm-hmm. to, to help, you know, make the business grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're, if you're not revenue generating, or if the project is big and requires a bigger set of hands, mm-hmm. um, you're going to find that, that situation. Mm-hmm. Ideally though, bootstrap, be revenue generate, generating, make all the mistakes you can possibly make before. Mm-hmm you know, all the studies, all the different types of prototypes, all that learning curve, mm. try to do that before you raise capital. Okay. Um, because I think that's fundamental. You mm. need to really know before you're using other people's money, uh, where you are, exactly what your market's like, mm. um, and, and go through that phase prior to. Mm. There's no point having an idea and you haven't thought through the whole thing. Don't even waste your time mm. and don't even risk anybody, including your own money, Mm-hmm. At that point, until you've really thought and baked it through, is this viable? Is this mm-hmm. a problem that really needs solved? Um, and and is the technology something or whatever you're building is the product? Um, is it feasible? Is it right for the market right now? Mm-hmm. Or will it, do I see the market changing in the next year? By the time I get to the point where my product's ready, these are questions you need to have solved for before you raise capital. 
India, have time for two more questions. So my last question regarding startups, and then I have one more. Uh, my next question on startup is on scaling up. And I'm sure you're doing the same as you're going global. The question is, when should a startup start to scale up? <laughs> okay, well, there's several answers to that question uh, because there's several factors. So one is your human capital. Mm -hmm. Are you really ready and are you equipped? Mm -hmm. if, if this thing takes off too fast, how many customers am I going to burn? Am I equipped to actually service the, the customer base or the client base that I'm going after? Um, the second one is, of course, capital. Do you have mm -hmm. enough capital to tackle the market? Correct. Or, you know, um, and then a third one is, do you have product market fit? Are you... It, does your product start to pull in customers? Are people mm -hmm. so interested, right? And you know that there's a pull there. And, and I think those, those are probably the top three. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have the processes. Make sure that you have um, the access to the human capital that's required because you're mm -hmm. going to have to hire pretty quickly as you mm -hmm. scale or get ready beforehand and take that risk. Mm -hmm. Both of those require the capital, right? Because you can't hire people on fresh yeah. air normally. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously the fit, make sure the product is ready for that market that's polling you. Mm -hmm. And if it takes a couple more months to refine and do a lot more customer surveys or make some tweaks or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, make sure it's ready. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have that fit. Um, and I think those are the three fundamental elements. Yeah. Very interesting. And my last question to you, Indy, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation based on your incredible experience as you know a songwriter as a singer lived in the us lived in france now in the uk built your own startups what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey and from our conversation never give up mm -hmm. you know respect always for all people Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, really have a strong conviction about mm -hmm. the business that you're starting because it's something that you will live with for a long time. You'll be getting up in the morning every day and spending long hours doing this. So make sure it's something that makes you feel joyful to get up in the morning doing. For me, that's helping more people. Absolutely. For you, maybe something else. So Absolutely. Well said. India, on that note, and your three uh, amazing lessons, never give up, respect everybody, and have a strong conviction in whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your journey, about you know how you have built your whole uh, life uh, and uh, how you've moved into WeDo. And I'm sure uh, it'll become a global company, uh, which will support and help a lot of startups and entrepreneurs. Thank you also for speaking to me uh, and giving me your incredible inputs on startups and what startup entrepreneurs or startup founders need to be doing. Thank you for speaking to me again and good luck to you. Thank you. I'm very grateful, Ash. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, 
Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.